welcome and welcome to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your hosts of Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Card, hosted by the CEOs of Let's Fucking Go. Andrew Young and Mr. Green. How's it going, Green? Another week down. Just another week down. Another week down. That's what I got to say about that. Sounds like we got a man down on a week down here. Telling you, man. I'm telling you. Although, kind of depressing because I realized uh, just a little while ago today that uh, it's the 34th anniversary of the release of Batman 89 today. There you go. Yeah, I remember being there. Last night at 10 o'clock, going to see the preview screening. That's great. It's yeah. great. Good times. 1989, another summer. Sound of the funky drummer. There you go. That's there it. You go. There you go. We got a great show for you tonight, folks. Uh, later on the program, we'll be talking to Adolin H. Dar, the star of a really touching short called Desi Standard Time Travel. We're going to be talking with him about that. Uh, we're also going to be giving our review of the first episode of Secret Invasion, which came to Disney Plus this past week. I also got a chance to see the second episode, and so I will not spoil anything for it. In fact, we will not be spoiling the first episode either for people who haven't seen it. Uh, but uh, I may have a better context of things because of the second episode that I have watched. Usually how that goes. Yes. When you have more information, you can f- have a better position on things, of course. Hold on a second. Are you trying to tell me that the more you know... The further you go. Yeah, totally. Wow. There Who knew? S- star going across the screen. Dun, yeah, dun, 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 dun. There you go. Oh, man. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to actually be talking with uh, Carmel Amit. Uh, Amit, uh, uh, an actor who's been in a bunch of stuff, but most recently was one of the stars of the Buddy Game sequel, Buddy Game Spring Awakening, now available on Paramount+. And uh, that's all coming your way tonight, but right now we're going to take a commercial break, and when we return, we'll be talking with Carmel Amit right here. Geekhawk, Reality Radio 101. everybody jimmy the short order cook here asking you what's better than listening to geek Hot? answer listen to geek Hot while wearing a geek Hot t-shirt and there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash geek Hot. we got a bunch of great shirts there we got geek Hot shirts we got a mr green's tasty meat shirt hell we got a back issue bloodbath shirt for all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekart. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you.
Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. Right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Here in the world. As Green said, it's another week down, but it's a weekend up. And that's what we're bringing you the start of the an up weekend. Everything's coming up weekend right here on Geek Card. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to talk to uh, Carmela Meet, uh, one of the stars of Buddy Game Spring Awakenings. Uh, before we do that, just want to remind you folks that if you enjoy what you're hearing tonight and other nights that you've heard the program and you're like, man, I wish I could just stay in this geek card euphoria all the time. Well, there's a way we can help you out with that. That's by going to patreon.com slash geek card. You join us there. It'll be helping us out produce this great show. But in return, you'll get access to things that other people don't get. Become exclusive, become a geek hardigan. you get early access to podcasts and access to our exclusive podcast, Extra Hard, which Mr. Green has done a number of episodes with various cool people where they talk about movies and actors and directors and television shows. And uh, there are more episodes coming soon. but right now, there's a plethora of episodes for you to listen to, plus other special features there as well. So definitely, and you know what? I'm going to put it out here. If we get a certain number of subscribers, I will make Mr. Green do a challenge of some kind for all of you to enjoy. Okay. And he will agree to it because he's the one that likes Patreon. So there we go. So not only should you join, but you should also join and give suggestions on what the challenge should be. Oh, no. There we go. So if that is an incentive, I don't know what is. There you go. So check it out at patreon.com slash geekard. Now we're going to get into the show while Mr. Green sits there and worry on what might happen next. Uh, we're actually going to be talking to our first guest tonight. Uh, she's an actor who has been in a number of different programs, but uh, most recently was one of the stars of the buddy game Spring Awakening, which uh, is uh, now available on Paramount+. Plus. Please welcome to the program, Carmela Meet. Hello. Hello, Carmela. How's it going? Pretty good. Happy to be here. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here with us tonight. Uh, of course, uh, the buddy game Spring Awakening, it's on Paramount Plus, and, uh, it's a fun little movie, sequel to the buddy games, which came out about, I'd say about five years ago, four years ago now. 2019, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Josh Dumel got the crew back together again. Well, at least most of the crew back together again. And, uh, you got to come along for the ride this time as well as a very interesting antagonist. Tell us about Phoenix. Phoenix is the love of my life. <laughs> I had the pleasure playing her. She is, yes, the antagonist, the villain. Uh, Phoenix does not take no for an answer. Uh, she knows exactly what she wants and how to get it. Uh, she is ruthless. She is very wealthy. Uh, she's also fun. Uh, yeah, and she's a bit kooky. Yeah, I'd say she's pretty <laughs> kooky. Definitely <laughs> kooky. 
Uh, she's got kind of a little cult type thing going on and exactly she, uh, she is, she's big. She's like, like you're just pitching her on the grandest stage of the mall. She is like a ringleader like no other. She's got a three ring circus going on and she is the center of attention. Uh, what was it like getting to just, you know, like again, cause you know, you've been in a lot of other projects where usually the goal is to act very natural and be real. Whereas this, you're still being real, but you get to be like big as big can be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I love playing larger than life characters. Uh, doesn't come by that often. So to me, it was real. Like the way she was written on the page, like it couldn't have come out any other way. So it just, it was written there. It was, I mean, she talks a lot and she's got these big grand ideas and just the way she's, uh, my favorite ad lib line from um, Nick Swarson at one point, he looks at her and he says, did you lose your spaceship? <laughs> you know, but she really does talk like that. She's just from another planet. So yeah, it was, uh, it was very easy to fall into that. Well, I'm curious then, you know, like, have you ever been like invited into like a cult like situation before? Cause like it, it can be, you know, we've heard stories about, you know, in acting that, these things can happen, right? I'm just, I'm just curious. Is it, has it ever happened to you? I know it hasn't. I don't think. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with a friend about this the other day, who's fascinated with cults, and I said, "Yeah, I'm just. I don't think I'm a target. I think I would just walk right the other way. I don't usually join groups. I'm not a joiner. I'm a bit of a lone wolf. Uh, so I, I haven't. Uh, but uh, funny thing is, I do teach classes. I teach a lot of voice work and body work for actors. And annoyingly, sometimes in the work, I have a few students go. It's like, a, you know, we'll do chanting and we'll do physical work and vocal work. And they're like, it's kind of like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a cult. Yeah, they don't know what a cult is if they think no. some chanting and choral <laughs> voice work is a cult, for God's sake. It's funny that you, you brought up your teaching because we just got an email in from Dan M who said, hey, is Carmel a teacher as well? And the answer is right there. Yes. Yes, she is. I am. Yeah. It, you know, I. With what you're describing, you know, like, obviously, like, I get it. You haven't been invited in and, you know, like, cause you're a lone wolf, but that, and what you're talking about, like, I kind of, I could almost see you, you having your own cult then, you know, like, did you be the leader in charge? And like, this is why she got cast as Phoenix. Yeah. Right. Like, this is, I only kid, I kid, I kid, you know, I know, I know character. What's that? You're not the first person to say this because people who know me, and again, no, I would never have a cult, but but people who know me um, are like, oh, you're so perfectly cast for this. And I'm like, am I, am I offended about this? <laughs> I <love> wow. <laughs> I don't know how I would take that if somebody said that about me. It's like, you'd make a really great cult leader. Um, Thank No. <laughs> that just, all that really means is you have a commanding personality and people want to get close to you. That's what that means. Oh, oh, I see. So that you, that's how you spin it for yourself. Well, okay. I've had a number of people tell me I could be a cult leader. So that's how I see it. Okay. How it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, Carmel, on this set, I know it was, uh, a really comfortable set for you and you guys were all, uh, you know, joking around. It was a comedy. Uh, but I heard that, uh, Nick Swarston, was uh, every now and then was like giving you some uh, alternate line reads and just kind of throwing out to you. Yes, he was. I think he does that. I think he does that like as a job sometimes on, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Some 
famous comedians. Uh, but I think, I mean, it's what he does. So he had free reign to throw out ideas. Uh, you know that licking scene near the end of the movie? Yeah, yeah. We're in the scene and it's written as like this kind of aggressive kiss and Nick's like, you should lick his face. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it out there, and I was like, I, I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would constantly throw out these great ideas, and it's funny because he always knew with a blank face that it he, that it would be funny. He would just say, "That'd be funny," <laughs> and then I did it, and it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like uh, again, I've known a lot of comedians, and a number of comedians don't laugh; they just go, "That's really funny." That's yeah. yeah. It's like I, I've. I know it. It's funny. There you go. <laughs> it's so weird because you expect everybody to be, you know, especially comedians to be laughing. But, you know, and what you describe, Kamara, I'm just wondering, like, uh, about that, like that whole experience, right? Because obviously, uh, Josh Demelda, you know, who stars and is the director of this, this is his first directorial uh, experience. You know, what was actually it's the second he did the first Buddy Games, too. Ah. Oh. See, there you go, right? See, I screwed that up. See, there goes, there okay. goes the reach. I'm That's firing okay. my assistant. Buddy That's Games it. and Buddy Games Spring Awakening, you can watch them together as one yeah, yeah. epic four-hour film. There you go. Yes. Yeah, no, yes. but but working with an uh, with a director who is also an actor, you know, what was what was that like? You know, because I, I got, like, in my mind, I always think of actor-directors as, you know, being kind of selfish, you know, like... It, <laughs> No, I'm just being serious, right? Because like they're both like they're starring in it, you know, in some capacity, but also they are the boss of the whole production, right? Like and you're working with your boss and it's your scene partner and things like that. Like it's I got to imagine that's got to be sometimes difficult or or is challenging is I guess is the better word. I bet it was. And that's a great question. I think Josh handled it immaculately. So he first of all, he trusted everyone. He trusted the guys, the, the buddies. He trusted me, maybe not right away, but in time, like as he got to know me, he was like, you know, he didn't. Um, and honestly, he was wearing so many hats. He was juggling and doing so much that it was all just very fluid for him. And he, yeah, he was like, I mean, he was, it's like he he was, even his acting was so chill and smooth because he wasn't even thinking about it. He was like, I got so many other things to do. Uh, you know so there wasn't a ton of direction uh and I don't say that like a bad thing I think everyone was just flowing and and sometimes the guys would throw in ideas and they would try it and it would work or not work and he would of course nix it or say yay or nay or, or all that but yeah. for the most part everyone just did their thing and he welcomed all these great ideas as far as a director and then a few times I really appreciated there was a couple moments in the movie for me specifically that these really funny gag moments that I didn't come up with, but he was like, oh, also you can do this and you can do that. It was like two or three times, but they were golden moments uh, that I really appreciated. Was, was that, I got to imagine too, that having somebody who is also an actor, like that, that language between you, like being able to communicate so uh, easily, because I'm sure you've had directors that are, who are not actors, who that could be a little bit more challenging trying to get, uh, you know, your point of view or their point of view across yeah. each other. So easy with Josh. Yeah. That's awesome. We got an email in from Bart C who says, Hey to the geeks starting to listen to your show every week now. Thank you very much. Bart. Yeah. Does Carmel speak Spanish? I heard that she does. If so, hola. Hola. <laughs> Hablo un poquito español. Aprendí en México. Cuando tenía 80 años. 
I can basically get around when I'm in South American countries and get what I want, but it's not fluent. There you go. Yeah. There you go. See, I, I also know a little bit, uh, you know, uh, I know uh, Cinco Cerveza Por Favor. And that's what I stick with. And that's no matter no, ma- no matter what, if I'm lost, you know, if you're looking for a bathroom, you five you're, beers will help secure all. You might need also where's the bathroom, right? Like you never, you never know, is what I'm saying. Those are good ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No. Um. But yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, like because these days there's the big budget films. And then there's the really small indies and all this is, this is obviously a smaller budget. This kind of goes into the mid level, which we don't see as much anymore, but I found it really interesting because while I'm watching, I can see it's like, Oh, they did this by like Josh figured out by compartmentalizing it, like splitting up the group, doing kind of like mini movies within. And so like your story, you were just kind of mostly dealing with, with Josh and Nick Mm. and their story. And so it was like, your like, although you were, in the first half of the film, in the second half of the film, it's like your story is its own mini movie that they have to get out of. You're yeah. like an escape room to them in a sense. Yes. <laughs> oh, so what was, so with that, it's kind of, it, it was interesting the, the route they took because there is kind of, it's a very fun tongue in cheek commentary on quote unquote wokeness. Like it's, uh, it's, it's something if anybody looked at it super seriously either way, they'd be like, you're not, you're not getting the joke very right. much. So for you, was it, was it a lot of fun to explore these, you know, these subjects in such a fun way? It was, I appreciated being, so here's the thing. First of all, when you say woke, there's like different definitions of the word or maybe. That's like, why I said quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like the woke that is rep, like the way that they're doing it in the movie is not what like someone who's woke would no, like, of course not. Whoa, yeah. Right. And all of that. But it's become that, right? Like it's become that for the mass majority who aren't. And and it's extreme. And it can be like, you know, there's this. So we have to be able to make fun of it, I think. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it's not for everyone. There are things, there are jokes in that movie that might rub people the wrong way. And I guess that's part of comedy sometimes. And so yeah. I was okay with it because um because it is so fun and playful but i realized that there could be um audience that don't want to get that joke yeah i think i think i think the best comedies will always have like not the whole thing but a portion you know like 10 percent, let's say for example to put a number on it randomly uh that is questionable i guess you know challenging in some way Kind of push the buttons a little bit because otherwise it's just. Otherwise, it's, it's just about my father and you're half asleep. That's basically it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I often watch uh, like stand up comedy with my husband and he's just laughing away. And I'm like, it's just not doing it for me. Right. But he's just having a great time. Yeah. So, yeah. Comedy. Yeah. It's. Uh, do you have that? Do you have that when you guys watch like other TV shows or movies or you know like when you're watching entertainment together besides comedy shows? Like that, you, one of you laughs more because I find that with me and my wife, I, I find that she's laughing hysterically about something, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's that's funny, you know. <laughs> David loves to laugh, so he will like he laughs bigger than he needs to, and he just like and sometimes. And then my son and I are like, it's not that funny, David. <laughs> 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 
So yes, he laughs more than I do. Very <laughs> good. Um, actually, I just got a message from uh, from the people at Reality Radio 101. I have to say that my opinions about the film about my father do not represent anyone at the station. So that comment I made recently, it does not represent the station. So do not hold the station accountable for not loving the the Maniscalco's movie. I have no problem with the man. The movie was just bad. But anyways. Terrible. <laughs> but uh of course, you know, aside from uh, you know, acting in film and television, you're also a thespian of the stage. And uh, I believe you have a play that's opening tonight, correctly? Correct? It actually opened last night. Opened last night, okay. Yes. Truth and Lies Ooh. is the title. Uh, is the title. And uh, that's, um, it's all about the internet, right? And what we read on it? Yeah, it's about, it was originally inspired by themes in Othello, which have to do with, um, deception and like choosing to believe something and how deep down a rabbit hole it can take you to eventually murder your wife if you know Othello. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they completely took like it's it's got nothing. I mean, a viewer would never know it's got to do with Othello. So they're dealing with contemporary, like in the contemporary world where the internet um, has information on it and people find what they want to believe and it can it can get pretty radical. So yeah. it's pretty serious topics, but it's a very fun play. It's very light. It's very dreamy. Like it's not, um, it's not very clear cut. There's four different parts to it. One of them is a VR show, which was really cool. We shot like uh, a mini movie in VR. I haven't seen oh. it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. Nice. Uh, so like we're all up, you go in and you see these actors like all up in your face. <laughs> and then, and then the other three, yeah, like very different genres, very different. Uh, one of them's kind of like a Monty Python sketch. Another one's quite serious. And so, yeah, it's all over the place. We had a great opening night and it was received with a lot of good intellectual discussion afterwards. Oh, that's right. good. The, uh, the best stuff always is. That's every time I've gone to a play where it's it, you're the the drive home or the the dinner afterwards, you know, you're like where the the good uh heated discussions come out that's when you know you've seen something that's like touching you in some way right like that and that's that's awesome that sounds like what you described sounds amazing like i i, I wish i was uh out there to see it that's uh because that that sounds especially with all the like the vr portions like the different the different ideas is that something that you still really love about doing stage versus say like a television or a movie show you know because you can kind of stretch those muscles a little bit differently yeah, it's my favorite. Another element of the show, for example, is that the audience doesn't get to sit down. It's almost like a gallery space and there's projections everywhere and the actors are in different places and the audience is encouraged to walk around. And so then they'll be here and all of a sudden something happens over here and they have to scurry over or choose to watch from far away. Um, but in the meantime, there's a lot of technology in the show, too. So people are on live you know, Snapchat conversations that are being projected. So there's a lot of technical stuff and people can be watching you live and on a screen at the same time. So things like that you can't do in film and it's just stretching your capacity as a performer and a director, if you were to direct something like that, but uh, capacity as a performer to handle and manage, juggle all of those things and still do a good acting job. Mm. Yeah, you uh, you have... Uh, over the past few years, kind of gotten very experienced with immersive theater. I know that uh, you did the show in your home, and you were also involved in the the first live streaming live performance during the pandemic. So, 
like that must that must give like an extra rise to you like you must it must really like add some adrenaline to your performance knowing that you're doing stuff that is so connected with your audience Mm -hmm. yeah it's scary uh the one i did in my home i directed a friend of mine wrote it was titled doll written by marie queenan and uh yeah the care it was a big long hour hour and a half something like that monologue where she just tells about her life and she was right up in people's business they were actually in my home she's cooking for them preparing cocktails talking and 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 getting them to divulge information too. There was like an element of the show where she would ask them personal questions, for example, like, what's the worst thing you've ever said to your mother? And it was amazing to watch. She executed it so beautifully. And it was in the style that we were working that allowed her to do so. Um, and people really shared and people cried and people laughed and people wanted to share more and she had to shut them down. And <laughs> at the end of the show, she has to go out on on this date and she's not the most wholesome lady. Um, and so the whole audience by the end of one of the shows is like, don't go. And it was so genuine. They're like, just stay with us. It's okay. You don't have to go on this. You know? So there was like, it's so cool to have, they're basically her acting partners unbeknownst to them. Does wow. any of that make sense? It does. Oh, yeah. And that sounds like a really cool experience as well. Like what everything you've described so far, I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm jealous that I haven't been able to experience this myself. Like those are really cool, funny. It's, You're just going to have to move to Vancouver green. That's right. Well, clearly this is what's going to have to happen. <laughs> That's it. I'm booking my flight right now. Toronto. Where are you guys? Oh, we're in Toronto. You are in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Marie just moved to Toronto and she wants to do the show in Toronto. So if it happens, ah. I'll let you guys know. Well, there we go. That would be cool. Yeah. I, it's theater is always one of those things where it's like, you just, you never know what you're going to get sometimes, especially like when you don't go see like a Shakespeare or something, obviously. Right. But like more newer independence uh, theater, like really cool ideas come out that, you know, that you're not seeing when you go see, Something like, you know, the big stuff, right? Like the, the Shakespeare's, the Pinters or whatever, you know, and you get some really cool, like what you're describing, right? Like being in a home or, or the, the show you did the, with the 30,000 square foot building and you're going different floors and your guys are traveling around with, with the audience. Like that's, that's super cool and crazy idea. Like again, not something we get to see off television or in movies because we're just sitting in a, a darkened space alone. So it becomes more experiential for the viewer. Yeah. So you not just, I say we numb out when we watch media, but there is a certain like letting go and I don't need to be involved and I can just relax, right? Which is great. And there's so much value and joy to that. But in this type of theater, the audience is, we're asking a little more of the audience, which is again, not for everybody, but we're asking a little more involvement and a little more vulnerability even from the audience. Right, right. Yeah, I, so, I, I could see some people being involved, at, like being a little leer, like what you know, especially when you're divulging secrets about yourself. You know, like yeah. uh, what's the worst thing you've said about your mom or to your mom or something like like that's. I could. See I'd have to think answers. about that. Man. Yeah, oh, you, well, you're. You know exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not sure which one it is. That's the thing. <laughs> And some people didn't want to share things and we let them alone. We didn't push or, you know, make people uncomfortable or, or push. Them right. To do it's like when people want it, you can tell they want and they want to play. Right. It's a game. Mm. It's of a course. Truth. 
Of course, it's a game. It seems it all goes back to games here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think uh, with the buddy games, another reason why you're probably you were probably a great fit with that cast and that story is because you can't say no to a dare. Yes. So, was there any? Was that? Was there any point during the filming of the buddy games where someone took advantage of that? <laughs> um. No. But it's like the lick situation. It was like, we should lick his face. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think Josh even was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm so sorry. You have to lick my face. Am I um, and I was like, no, like, yeah, let's try fun stuff. You, you know, let's do whatever. What else? I don't know. Um, you know, there wasn't anything. I wish I had a fun story, but for the most, yeah, it was just so playful. Yeah. yeah well, hey, you know, licking Justin Mel's face, that's a story. Right yeah. there. That's a story, definitely. Story, yeah. I haven't done it myself. You know, I'm I'm jealous of you. That would be uh you know that right. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to lick Josh Demel's face? You know, he's so there dreamy. You there you go. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> Carmel, I want to thank you for coming on the program. It's been a delight talking with you. Of course, the buddy game Spring Awakening is available on Paramount Plus. And uh, how, like, what's the run for uh, Truth and Lies? Truth and Lies is very short. It's only, it's kind of like, it's like a five day run. So it oh. ends, uh, yeah, there's some matinees. So it ends on the 25th. Okay. Um, all right there. Well, if you're in Vancouver, look for tickets for Truth and Lies this weekend and go check it out. Definitely. We only have a few left for Saturday. There you go. Yeah. So you want to get those tickets right away. Definitely. And of I course, and of course, check out the Buddy Games. Spring Awakening on Paramount Plus. Thank you so much for coming on, Carmel. Hope you have yourself a great night. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Carmel. So that was Carmela Meet. You can see her in the Buddy Game Spring Awakening, uh, now available on Paramount Plus. Mr. Green, we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be reading some of your emails, reviewing the first episode of Secret Invasion, starring Samuel L. Jackson. On Disney Plus, right here, Geek Eye, Radio Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, friends. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In just a moment, we'll be giving our review of the first episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion. On Disney Plus. Or if you do that, we just want to read 
some of the emails we got in. Of course, if you want to send an email in, like some of the great people that have already tonight and will tonight, uh, send it to geekardshow at gmail.com. You can send us your reviews of the first episode of Secret Invasion. You write in, just say, hey. Uh, you can write in to ask any questions of Adeline later. And uh, we, sh- oh, sorry, a Dodlin later, and uh, we should have a good time. So let's read the first one here from Linda A. Hey, Andrew and Mr. G. Junk, a three for a review. I would rather listen to the old man. Are you somebody talking about me? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Good guest. So there we go. So they enjoy oh. Carmel as well. Linda, thank you very much for your email. And we also got an email from Steve E. who says, hey, geeks, had to write in again. Write in every week, sir. We love we love reading your emails. Absolutely. Samuel L. is the only reason why this series may do well. But then again, does he need the money? Why do this? A four. So there we go. So, so far, middling, under middling from uh, our uh, audience reviews. Uh, if you want to send in your review, of course, geekartshow at gmail.com. I've no, I've honestly, I've, no, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that uh, as we've done this show over the years, the entire like 13, almost 14 years that we've been doing this show, that the like the like the curve on uh, on positive reviews for the comic book entities has been on a downward slide since the beginning. It's like, yeah. I, I think this is some of our audience is like, ah, I'm tired out of this, you know, like, yeah, well, that's. That's their prerogative. That's, it, that's, hey, it is. And I will say for the month of June, um, there's been more misses than hits in the uh, superhero genre department. Um, but uh, that, of course, is on the big screen. We're talking about the small screen tonight with Secret Invasion, created by Kyle Bradstreet, based on the Marvel comic series by Brian Michael Bendis and Lionel Francis Yu, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Disney+. Plus. Here to read the synopsis tonight is a man you just heard Probably about 30 seconds ago, our good friend, the old man. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, good, bad. Are you, what, you got an accent now? What the hell is that? Good, no, good, man? Okay. What are you talking about? I just said it's good. Okay. All right. You, you, just, sound, you, you just, you're very nervous. Like, uh, are, are you, what do you mean? What do you mean I sound nervous? What are you talking Who are you? Listen, you man. Sh- you like, smell you. funny. Are you green on the inside, too? Is that what you quick tell me something only you would know and I would know? You're old. Everybody knows that. No, everybody doesn't know that, but I know how old you really are. You don't know that. You don't know that I don't know. Well, you definitely don't know that. <laughs> so, in Secret Invasion, set in the present day MCU. Nicholas Fury learns of a clandestine invasion of Earth by a faction of shape-shifting Skrulls. Fury joins his allies, including Maria Hill and the Skrull Talos, who has made a life for himself on Earth. Together, they race against time to thwart an imminent Skrull invasion and save humanity. So, uh, so it's spies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Alien spies. Alien spies. Or why didn't they call it alien spies? No, because they'd rather tie it to a pre-existing property. You mean there hasn't been a comic called Alien Spies yet? I'm not going to say there isn't, because I'll be proven wrong at some point. I'm going to make a call to my lawyer tonight, and if it's available, I'm trademarking that son of a bitch. There you go. There There you go. go. You guys have yourself a good night.
All right. See you, bud. Well, there he goes. All righty. So, Secret Invasion, first episode dropped. Mm-hmm. Espionage thriller in the Marvel Universe. Yep. Alien Spies. We've heard from some of our listeners tonight. They're they're saying it's below average. What say you, Mr. Green, with episode one? Um, well, as as our good friend, the old man there just read off the fact that this is, uh, um, or and you and you mentioned as well, linked to the the comic Secret Invasion. It is not other than scrolls. That's about what I would say there. Yeah, no, they basically just took the the base idea of scrolls infiltrating the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh I know that that has really pissed off a certain section of of the internet and has gotten all bent out of shape because it doesn't uh follow that storyline, but that was an impossibility from the get-go. Well, the only way that they could have done it like the comics in a sense to have it the I more close to the comics of having heroes being infiltrated mm-hmm. and there being a big battle is if they earmarked the time money and planning to have made this a big Avengers event movie a la the way infinity war and Endgame were. That's the only way they could. And now they're in a position where they couldn't. So yeah, no, like there's, there are certain characters who are now dead in the MCU. There are certain characters that have never been introduced into the MCU. Right, but You can swap characters. You, you can still yeah. do it with the, if you were to take all the heroes, but they're not making those types of movies right now. And they're no. building towards when they do make those types of movies, they're building towards those being, time travel multiversal stories involving Kang. So you can't also well, develop yeah. the secret invasion. Well, it, yeah, oh, sorry, you break Kang, yes, but maybe not Kang. Um, no, no, Kang, just maybe not who's playing Kang. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to this. Um regardless of how like I I enjoyed Secret Invasion as a comic. I had fun with it. Yeah. Um you know, for but again, I have never been one uh, throughout the entirety of the MCU and, well, a lot of uh, comic book property films that need to be, like, verbatim, right? Because I, I, I understand that like, – well, I'll put it this way. Why? Why does it need to be verbatim? Because then just read the comic. Oh, yeah, right? no, totally. It doesn't have to be You verbatim. know, like, just – and then um, – a lot of people complain about, you know, like using the name if it's not really the thing. I'm like, eh, you know. Well, then they should have been complaining back when uh, when the Age of Ultron came out, because that was a totally different story. Yeah, absolutely. It was right. Like it's just people complaining to be complainers is really what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Now, what that being all being said. Eh, the first episode. Eh. But I, I I'm saying that with a bit with a you know, a bit of a grain of salt there because of the fact that um, I also understand that this is one roughly 20th of the entire story. Right. So you're not yeah. going to get like, I I can't expect to know everything. I can't expect in episode one because episode six is still going to come. Like that's right? when like, you'll find out everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you and I both know people personally that who have complained after the first episode about it being, you know, like, Oh, that, that sucked or that was boring or, I, you know, I just, I didn't get into it or whatever. And then they turn around by the time, like the sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth episode, depending on the length of the series, uh, comes out and they're like, oh, this is the greatest show ever made. Mm. You know, we gotta have a little bit of patience. Now, that being said, like some of the people who wrote in, if you're not digging it, get out. 
You know what I mean? I don't mean that to be rude or, or mean or anything. I just mean, don't waste your time. If you're not yeah. enjoying something. You probably, yeah. If you don't like it now, you might not like it later. If yeah. you don't waste your time, then tons of other things you can watch. Totally. Because I'll say this right now. While the MCU has made it very clear, Kevin Feige and his whole team and everything going on, that everything connects in some way. I'm going to dollars to donuts that it's not going to affect your enjoyment of anything in the future. You may no. you, like, it's not going to deter you from liking something because you didn't watch this one thing. Cause you didn't dig to get into it. Same thing. Like with uh, like WandaVision or uh, now actually Falcon and the winter soldier, that might, that that's a bit of a sticking point. Well, that's definitely going to play into the next yeah. movie. Yeah. But how much of it is going to really matter? Eh, you know what I mean? Like basically the last episode. That, yeah. That, <laughs> the other ones who cares the, so with this, like I, I I'm, I'm holding out hope. Like I do like Sam Jackson. I do like Ben Mendelsohn. Um, you know, I like Kobe Smolders. I like uh, the guy who's playing uh, uh, Kravik he, for the limited airtime or, uh, you know, I yeah, really Kingsley Benadir. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I like him. Like I like a lot of the elements, so I'm willing to give it some room here to see if it how it impresses me. Now you've seen, as you mentioned, you got to see episode two, where I did not get that opportunity. Um, does episode two do you think draw in better, like to to build off of episode one? I will answer that question in just a moment. First, we got an email from Justin L. who says it's titled "Green is Right," so I think you'll like this. Mr. Green is absolutely right about the genre of stuff being put out nowadays. Too much. Give it a rest. Then uh, Justin goes on to say, I'm looking forward to the documentary from James Cameron about the sub next to the Titanic or what is left of it. So some topical information in the uh, the email as well. Thank you, Justin, for your email. Um, when it comes to episode two, now, yes, the first episode, very much a slow burn. Very mm -hmm. much a slow burn. Second episode, it's not like it's suddenly, ooh, fast-paced action, but <laughs> there's a bit more to work off of. Mm -hmm. The walls are closing in a bit. There's a bit more of a... Uh, there is a reveal in the second episode that made me go, huh. It's not necessarily a reveal to be like, this is shocking, but just a reveal that like, oh, okay, they're, they're going that. I, they're doing that. I did not expect that. That's something new to do with Nick Fury. Sure. Um, you do get uh, some more appearances from, from, uh, um, God, why is his name leaving my head here? Rhodey. Uh, oh, uh, shit. Yeah. This is bad because I really like him. No, uh, he's, he, he's a great actor. Um, um, that dude. Who's in those things? Dear God, that's Don terrible. Cheadle. Don he's... Cheadle. There we go. I love Don Cheadle. But anyways, yes, Don Not Cheadle. Not that much. Apparently, uh, <laughs> Don Cheadle makes uh, more of an appearance in the second episode. Uh, more things are revealed. It's definitely one of those things where pieces will be revealed slowly. If you're a fan of like, I'd say probably the old British spy TV shows on the BBC. That's what this is more akin to than say your superhero fare in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And I think, I think that's partly where some, some uh, dislike of this show comes from because they, they wanted more. And I think that's actually is a fair critique actually of all of the Disney plus series is that there hasn't been, we got spoiled with the movies with well, see, like I big think one action. Of the, and one of the biggest stuff. mistakes is when they announced that, 
uh, Marvel Studios is now going to be handling all the TV properties for mm. Disney Plus. It's no longer going to be Marvel Entertainment Group for ABC or anything like that. It's going to be all this. People automatically thought, oh, these things are going to get the budgets the movies get. And it's like, no, no, these get TV budgets. They're still impressively high budgets. Sure. Right. But they're still lesser budgets than a feature film. Oh, yeah. Like we're talking like, for say like something like this, uh, you're talking like for a six episode series, you're probably looking at about that fifty to sixty million dollar mark, right? Um, which for the entire run, which sounds like a lot of money, but in the TV world, as you and I both know, that's not that's nothing. There's a lot of people and things that have to be paid for, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Green, are you saying uh, watch the series, keep watching the series, check it out, or are you saying skip it? If you've already watched it and made up and, and disliked the first episode, don't worry about it. For those of you who are kind of on the fence or who like that kind of spy genre thing or big MCU fans, I would say, you know, give continue to give it a shot. It's only six episodes. Like, what's the worst can happen to you? Right. You right. know, but again, and I will keep stressing this. If you're not into something, you don't need to watch it. Yes, that's it's, right. That's right. That's right. If you're watching not into is not it, a thing. Yeah. If you're not into it, don't watch it. It's probably not going to affect your understanding of the Marvel universe if you're no. one of those people. Uh, but if you're somebody who just likes something small and spy and like really like tense and like claustrophobic, I think you're going to dig this show. I I dug it, as, but as Mr. Green knows, I'm a fan of those claustrophobic like spy type stories. I like small stories, so yeah. Yeah, so zero, zero shock that you that you like this. And I know you're a big Nick Fury fan too, so. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not is it exactly what I wanted it to be? No, I was expecting it to be a bit more like uh fever pitch in mm. its spy delivery, but it is a spy story, so I'm interested to see where it goes. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking to a Dolan H Dar about his Film Desi Standard Time Travel right here, Geek Card Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geek Card and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy, it's simple, it's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geekard right here. On Reality Radio 101. And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. We're wrapping up the program with our last guest of the evening. He is an actor. Uh, who has been on a number of projects over the past few years, but uh, he is now uh, getting to see the old festival circuit with uh, this great short that he's the star of uh, called Desi Standard Time Travel. Welcome to the program, Adeline H. Dar. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. 
Yeah, well, thank you for coming on, Adolin. Uh, so, Desi Standard Time Travel, such a heartfelt film. Like, again, you know, it's like, yes, it deals with time travel, but really it deals with, you know, familiar relations. And it came to you at a time when your own family was struck with some very harrowing uh, situation yeah. and kind of made this film really personal for you. Tell, tell us about that situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the story is about a young man who gets an opportunity to go back in time to have one last conversation after his dad has died. And uh, that's the sci-fi element of it. And when I first got the audition, um, which was a couple months prior to the shooting days, uh, my dad was recently diagnosed with cancer. And so when I got that script and I understood the story, I was like, I mean, this is this is what I'm kind of going through right now. I mean, thankfully, my dad uh, was still there and is still here right now. You know, knock on wood. Uh, thank the blessings out there. Um, but it was such an incredibly personal personal uh, audition process. And then when I booked the role. Um, they had, they had, they don't usually reveal the names of the characters or anything like that. Right. And so, and the directors and producers and writers didn't know anything about what was happening in my personal life, of course. And, um, when I first got the character name on the first draft of the script and we were ready to do rehearsal, uh, my character's name was Imran, I-M-R-A-N, which is the same name as my dad's name. Um, and so it was just one of those things where I was like, everything must have aligned for the universe to say this is the role that I have to play for this moment and uh honestly as much as I was acting in it it, it just felt really real like it was like the whole time I was thinking uh, I could be saying these last words to my own father at some point and so getting to some of those heartwarming and emotional places wasn't that uh wasn't that hard because I just had to bring in some of the reality of what was happening in my life um so yeah that's that's the story behind that yeah, you know, as I was watching it, it to your point, like about the the sci-fi element of it, you know, like it's it's this kind of like quirky, you know, uh, point of the story. But and I, I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be like, how is this going to work out? This idea of this uh, um, travel insurance uh, plan that allows you to, <laughs> yeah. to time travel, which I think is genius. I love that. Yeah, uh, I wish that was a thing because I, oh man. Um, but then we get through that and then we see Imran on at in front of the house. Yes. Going through the whole thing. And then it was like, it's that's when it, that scene was really when it dawned on me is like, Oh, this isn't going to be what I think it is. Right. You know, like I, cause at first I was thinking, Oh, this is going to be, you know, even though it's a dark place, but it's like a little bit lighthearted, a little bit funnier. Yes. And then when you start going through what happens in the back half of the uh, of the short, I was just like, I was really touched by the story, mm. you know, because we, as we get older, we start to all experience death in different ways. Yes. Yeah. And you end up missing people and, you know, that's, that's rough. Right. And mm. it's, here's Imran getting a chance to do something that none of us can do. And it was like watching that and like your performance is that and like the moments where your character is like super happy or surprised and then like overcome with emotions towards his parents. Like I, I look at that and I'm, I'm like, wow, that's that's a lot for you as an actor to have to, to convey <laughs> in such a short amount of time so eloquently. What was like, how hard was doing all of that in your performance 
Um, I mean, that's why we train, right? Uh, we we have to get to that place as quickly as possible with, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment facing you at that point, right? And every minute is money in some ways. But I would say what what was really helpful in me getting to those places was just the inclusive set that we had created together as a team. So the producers, the directors, the writers really first off from the very beginning ensured that this was a safe, inclusive open, but also fun. So it's a, you know, like you said, the film changes tone. It's, it feels a bit quirky, almost comedic at the beginning. And then it, as soon as you travel back to the time, it's, it's heartwarming. It's deeper. There's an emotional end to it that I feel like is a bit of a surprise. Um, but I actually had to shoot some of those scenes out of order. So uh, one of the scenes, for example, at the beginning of the film, where I'm talking to my dad over the phone, um, I hadn't met my uh, cast mate who was going to be my father and uh, he wasn't available that day and uh, you know you're acting against a phone and someone else is reading the lines and then I had to play so I did that and then I had to go straight to the end and I won't give away what happens but uh, complete shift in tone right uh, right after that and at that point we hadn't built you know there's a relationship in the movie but there's that in-person uh, in-present relationship that's also built uh, with your actors that we hadn't built up until that point. So I had to just kind of imagine, uh, I mean, take things from my own life, take things from I've learned from acting uh, classes, but um, it was definitely difficult to play the ending before you've even gone through the middle. And, uh, but you just have to, you know, that's where your training comes in, um, use different techniques. And luckily it was a safe space that I was allowed to explore and give uh, the directors gave me the time they were like, if you need to take 10 minutes to really process, get to where you need to, and then come back, you know, all quiet on set. And then you just, you go straight, you hit your mark. And then, uh, and then kind of, it's just, you don't even remember what happens after that. right? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh my gosh. We got an email in from a uh, longtime listener, Kelly T hmm. who says, Hey geeks, fantastic show tonight. This interview with the Dolan is very emotional. Wow. Blessings <laughs> to him and his family. Be well. So Thank you. you nice message you. from Kelly there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, dealing with it, this film of course deals with a lot of like intense emotions mm -hmm. and things like that. And you, you yourself, you have a cognitive science degree. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. you've, uh, you, you're, you're still, even though you're an actor, you're still finding ways to work in mental health initiatives and help people. And I know you're working on a children's book in the mental health space. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd bring the geek. Uh, you know, <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have a degree in cognitive science with a specialization in Buddhist psychology and mental health. And, um, you know, you get the degree at the same time you follow another passion. And I find both of those things equally fulfilling, the acting, the arts, as well as the sciences and working in the mental health space. And uh, as as part of that, I've been working with kids for a very long time. And uh, one of the sad facts is that more people are getting diagnosed with anxiety and depression than ever before, right? We can kind of all relate to that as adults. And the sadder news is that it's getting younger and younger, right? You're getting more people diagnosed under the age of 10. So I wrote this piece as a spoken word piece that I've performed um, for like some fundraisers and things like that. Um, you know, uh, I write and I like to perform in other ways as well. And then it um, it's a story about a young girl who wakes up with a hole in her heart, which is a metaphor for depression, anxiety. And then she does all, she does the things that she sees adults do, which is, uh, we fill our holes with things like 
you know, uh, things that we think will make us feel better, like maybe money or prestige or accomplishments or things like that. But um, ultimately, the story revolves around <clears throat> what really makes us feel fulfilled and heartfelt. And it, it also ends in a, in a in a beautiful hug, just like this movie does as well. So um, I'm, I'm working on that and polishing that up a bit and then kind of seeing where where that takes me. Wow. Well, I look forward to that going, you know, going further and developing more because uh, that sounds like uh, sounds like a great uh, a great book to get get out there for kids. Definitely. Yeah, and most kids aren't going to use words like anxiety or depression, right? They're going to say like, "I feel this thing," and I've I've seen it with my own niece who's seven years old, and she she talks about emotions in such metaphorical ways, and and I think children books are just amazing for that because they're just one long allegories of of emotions, and then mm-hmm. kids relate to that. Totally. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I gotta say this, this chat has been amazing because like, I, you know, when I look at your career, like, and you've worked on things like the expanse or Superman and Lois, like it's big, fun, like crazy, like, you know, but the, the short and like, and this, and this, uh, uh, children's book, like it's, it's, I could see the passion there. Like we're like it, how it's something that you deeply care about. And I think that's, mm-hmm. uh, that that's fantastic. Uh, cause you're right. I think we all need to talk more about death and mental health and and normalize it so yeah that, you know so we're not like oh we can't talk about i uh, can't talk about feeling sad or whatever and, and kids need to see that in us as adults mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and bring some levity and lightheartedness to it um because I, I don't think the film is like dark and gritty which no. is sometimes where we always talk about it um or even necessarily tragic like it's it's one of those things where like um, and I think one of the points you were mentioning is uh, maybe we never all get a chance to go back in time uh, to talk to our parents and have that conversation. But I hope the film leaves people inspired uh, with those of us who do have our parents here in Live and Well or any generation or any family member that I hope it inspires all of us to go, maybe I should have that conversation before it's too late. Or maybe I should say the things that have left unsaid. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, totally. Um, now, when it comes to the topic of time travel. <laughs> i've heard you talk about this and people have thrown out the whole what would you do where would you go if you go back in time and not only do you make the smart comment of you wouldn't you wouldn't go back in time but you've done your research i'm impressed yeah but you've actually you wrote an essay <laughs> using the the with great power comes great responsibility as the basis to prove why you should not time travel yeah, I mean, how cheeky is that, right? You're, I was like, what, 17 applying for universities and there was like this, I don't know, $2,000 scholarship or something to write an essay on on a question of what you would do. And um, I was like, I wonder how many people are, everyone's going to be like, I'll go back in time and, you know, eliminate this awful human being for whatever they did, right? Or mm-hmm. tell myself to invest in this lottery before it's too late or go back in time and tell you to put your money in Bitcoin. But uh, uh, I was like, I I don't know if I would trust myself to not want to change little innocuous things, right? That would have that butterfly effect. And so I used the argument of the butterfly effect. And then I quoted Uncle Ben as the final line, like with great power comes great responsibility. And somehow that, that they thought that was stupid enough to give some money to. So <laughs> no, that was clever, sir. That was clever. <laughs> Using pop yeah. cultural references to get across a very, uh, you know, direct point. That's, yeah. uh, that's what we do on here on Geek Art. So it's okay. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Like I would just play with people. I'd be like, Hey, watch out for the ending of the Avengers. And like, what is that? And they're like, it'll come. It'll come. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> ten years from now, there will be a, a movie a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, but uh, but yeah, uh, the whole messing with small things in time—even the smallest thing can change something. I wish somebody had told uh, DC Films that last week when <laughs> a certain film came out. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. But of course, Desi Stater time travel, it's making the rounds at film festivals and uh, you yourself have had a good response on your performance. People have been coming up to you. You've had people coming up to you saying that they're definitely going to talk to their family members after watching you in that film. Oh yeah. People are like, I'm going to call my dad right now. Like this is the message I'm getting. I've had strangers like who've seen it in film festivals come up to me or message me later and be like, um, it's changed my relationship with my own parents. I mean, I can say that personally going through it as well, but uh I see some of the reviews on like Letterboxd or IMDb and, and, and in some ways for me, I'm like, that's kind of the point of art. It's, it moved us and that's kind of cool. So yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. That's yeah. That's well, it is a powerful film. I know I, I, uh, I really enjoyed it and I really was touched by it. And it's very obvious that green was as well um, by a number of the things he said tonight. So yeah. So it's, yeah. I just want to say congratulations on such a, a oh, yeah. great short yeah. and uh, I really hope more people get a chance to see it and uh, continues a great festival run. And I look forward to everything else that you have coming, whether it be the, the children's book or, you know, the work you've done or, uh, you know, hopefully you'll get into one of those action films like you want to get into. Oh my gosh. That's the dream or more sci-fi. I mean, I'm not going to say no, you know, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight. Have yourself a great night, man. This is great. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Thank Thanks. You. So that was Adeline a Dolan H. Dar. You can see him in Desi Standard Time Travel. It's currently making the festival route, but I'm sure that if you just, you know, keep an eye out on the interwebs, look for Desi Standard Time Travel, it'll eventually make its way somewhere for you to check it out, as usually some yeah. of the best short films do. So. Yeah, and this this it's it was great. It was uh yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's awesome. Totally. All right. Well, we've come to the end of the program, Mr. Green. Where yes, can the have. good folks find us? Uh, as always, if you like what we do here, you can find additional content over at patreon.com slash For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. For Thanks. those of you who don't, that's cool. We get it. But it'd be so much better if you joined us. It. Join us. It. Of course, additional content also available on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geekard Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekcardshow.com. For more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show available on Mondays after 2 p.m. But if you're super forgetful, like I am, or just don't listen to us live, which I don't know why you're not. But if you don't, the best way to hear us is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. And, uh, you know, because it helps with the analytics. And uh, the, further, the, more we, the more that people know, the further we'll go. Absolutely. And, of course, if you just want to continue the conversation with us at any time, you can always email us, geekardshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Carmela Meat and Adolin H-Star for coming on the program, for Carmela Meat, for the Buddy Games, Spring Awakening, for uh, Secret Invasion, for Adolin H-Star, for Desi Standard Time Travel, for Mr. Green, and for Yuri in the booth. This is Andrew Young saying if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. 
Thank you for listening to Geek Card with your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101.